All right, today I'm starting a new series called I Worship, and if you are following along in notes, there's notes inside your worship guide. You can pull them out and get ready for that. Uh, But we're going to start out in John chapter 4, John chapter 4, and I'm going to be talking to you about something that I believe uh, will be impacting in your life. Uh, I think I think worship is underestimated and and underutilized in our lives, and so we need to we need to get a hopefully a good insight of what worship is all about. But John chapter four, verse twenty two through twenty four, it says, "You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews." But the hour is coming, and now is. Say, now is. is. That means today, right now, this very moment. Now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is seeking. He's looking for people to worship Him. He's looking for a people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and hopefully during the course of this, uh, this series, we'll understand not only how, how important worship is, but actually how to worship even in a greater extent than we, maybe we are worshiping today. Worship is more than just a song. Worship is an attitude of our heart and an expression of our life. And I'm going to tell you one of the areas that many people don't realize is that worship is also expressed through prayer. Matter of fact, today's title, I entitled it, Our Greatest Prayer. Worship is our greatest prayer. When Jesus talked to his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, this is what he was, when he was talking to them about prayer, he says, this is how you need to start out. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He started out with an attitude and a heart of worship. He says, you come to God, there's protocol, you come to him with a heart of worship and praise and thanksgiving and adoration in your your life. And I'm going to tell you, when we do that, it sets the stage for God to show up, for God to do great things. Now, we don't do it for that purpose. We do it because we honor him, because we love him, and he's worthy of all the worship that we could ever offer him in and through our lives. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, he's done great things for us, and I'm so grateful to him. But uh, people don't, do not realize that worship is a, a, is a form of prayer. It is a form of prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, and without it, I'm telling you, we'll be weak in our faith, we'll be weak in our life. Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So God wants us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be weak. He wants us to be powerful, right? He wants us to be mighty. He wants mighty people here on the face of this earth. He wants his people to not be weak, not be defeated. He wants them to be strong and mighty. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How do you do that? How can we be strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Boy, I'm glad that you asked that question. You asked great questions. Here it is, verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds. Or another word for wilds is devices of the devil. 
It goes on to say as part of the armor, I'm not going to get into all of the armor, but part of the armor that he says that we're to put on, that we're to clothe ourselves in, that we're to be suited up in, is prayer. It closes in, in verse 18. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now notice here it says, Praying always with all prayer. Some translation says all kinds of prayer. In other words, there's different types of prayer that we can offer up to God. Many people only know of one type of prayer, and that's the prayer of supplication, asking God what they have a need for. But there's many other types of prayer, one of them being the prayer of worship. And there's mighty power through the prayer of worship. If we'll lead off in our prayer time with the prayer of worship, worshiping God, honoring God, loving God, just showing Him that you are passionate about Him, there's just something that happens with the rest of your prayer time. It sets the stage for it not to be something that you have to do. It sets the stage with something that you get to do. You look forward at doing in your life. Worship is a very, very, very important part of, of your prayer time. Every day I seek God. Every day I follow Him. Every day I'm coming before Him. And it's never something that I, oh man, I've got to do this. It's always, God, I get to do this. I can't wait to get there. And I do this early in the morning. And I'm not necessarily an early morning person. But I have, I have adjusted my life to seek God. Amen? Amen. And so prayer is the highest form of worship. And here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the impact that the prayer of worship makes in our lives. Because there is a great impact that it makes. When we come before God and, and we honor Him and we love Him with all of our hearts and our lives. And we put Him first in our life. We say, God, I'm just going to seek you today. And I'm, gonna, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to do what you want me to do with my life. You don't necessarily have to so start out with song. It's just honoring Him from your heart, out of your mouth, and just expressing your love to Him. When you do that, that's worship. That's a form of worship. And it is a form of prayer. When you do that, it begins to impact areas in our life. The first impact that it's going to uh, impact in our life is it's going to impact, it's going to impact fellowship. Our fellowship with God, it's going to impact our fellowship with one another. Matter of fact, uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how, how not, only, not only do I long, long to be with God every day, long to worship God every day, but I've, I also discovered that the, the more intimate I am with God, the more intimate that I can be with other people. Especially people that are intimate with God. I have, I have uh, awesome, awesome relationships that I am so humbled, humbled to have. It just, it just it boggles my mind. It, it, just, it just humbles me to no end. How, how great of relationships God's allowed me to have. And I really felt like the Lord showed me. It started with my relationship with Him. The deeper my relationship with Him uh, has become, the deeper I am going to be with others. And so uh, it started there. Let me give you uh, a scripture here in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 40, 47. It says, They worshiped together at the temple each day. 
And one, another translation said that they, they were unified as they worshipped at the temple day after day. So they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes from, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity and sincere hearts. All the while praising God. Look at that. All the while, they just continue to praise God, continue to worship God, and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Man, I'm telling you that every day, every day I have an appointment with God. Every day I look forward to that appointment. My, my wife will, will tell you that I do not ever miss that appointment. Have you ever missed an appointment before? And, uh, and, and you know, it's one of those appointments that uh, you may not you care whether less or whether you missed it or not. Uh, you know, we should never feel like that with God. I, I have an appointment with God every day, and I look forward to that time with Him. Why? Because I want to spend time with Him. I just want to love Him. He's made that big of a difference in my life. Now, not only has that ha- had a great impact in my life, but I believe it has a, it's had an impact in this church. I, it's had an impact in, the, in my relationships. You know, I, I, I'm a carrier of the presence of God. And God inhabits the praises or the worship of His people. And more than anything, when I come in contact with people, I want them to experience God in me. Amen? I don't, you know, in myself, in my flesh, I'm going to fall short. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do some pieces of stupid. Have you ever done some of that? And and I'm going to, I repent all the time. I do that. But I'm going to tell you still, even in the midst of that, I still carry the presence of God because I spend time with him. And as a result, I get to enjoy some fantastic, fantastic relationships. And, and, and I, I was thinking about Bobby and Vicky because they've been with me uh, 19 years. 18 years. 19 years. 19 years. And, and we, still, we still are not uh, tired of being with each other. And, and our relationship has grown deeper. And there's others too in here. Like where is Miss Cindy at? Where is she at? There you are. <laughs> All, about the same amount of time. And there's all kinds of other people that, that uh, our time together has been about that long. And, and it, it's, it's only grown deeper and more fonder and, and, and more intimate. And it's because I believe, I believe because of the intimacy that, that not only I have with the Lord, but they have with the Lord. And if we want to have great fellowship with each other, great relationships with each other, we got to quit trying to do it on our own. We need to go and we need to get with God daily in worship and just honoring Him and just allow Him to impact and infect our lives with His presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it'll make a world of difference. And, and as a result, life becomes joyous. It's not something that you, oh, you get up in the morning and say, oh man. You get up and you're almost ready for the day to end and you just got up. Look at Psalm 1611. You know, church ought to be exciting. Our our church, I I tell you, it's lively, it's exciting, it's life-giving. And let me tell you why. Because we do celebrate the presence of God. We do celebrate God. Look at this. It says, you shall show me the path of life. 
Our church is life-giving. We work at it. Uh, you know, and how, one of the ways that we work at it is we worship God. We honor God. We love God. But notice this. In your presence is the fullness of sadness. It doesn't say that. It says the fullness of joy. Amen? Amen. It says it's the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, when we come under the authority of the Lord, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Great fellowship. So that's the first impact that we have through the prayer of worship is, is great, great fellowship. Secondly, the second thing I want to share with you is great faith. Faith takes place during our time or it's impacted during our time of the prayer of worship. Anytime you're in the presence of God, God begins to influence your faith, strengthen your faith in a great way. I was thinking about Abraham and God gave Abraham a great promise and, and he f- saw that promise fulfilled, but it didn't come without worship. It didn't come without him being in the presence of God regularly. It came because he, he knew how to be a worshiper of God. Romans 4 verse 18, we'll start there through 21. Against, ho- against all hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Get this, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Man, the man was, he's fixing to start having kids at 100 years old. Come on, baby. Come on, sugar. Dream on? Hey, Abraham was a dreamer, baby. I'm a dreamer. Since he, I'm not 100 years old though, okay? I'll be 53 this month. Since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? How was he strengthened in faith? Get this. Giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. You know, when you go through your life, your dreams are going to be challenged. There's always going to be giants in the land. Anytime there's a promise, uh, just might as well expect it. There's going to be some giants. You're going to have opposition. Anytime you're moving forward, you're going to have resistance. Understand that. That's just part of life. You live in life. Welcome to life. If you're having storms, you're having problems, you're having issues, welcome, welcome, welcome to life. Why is this happening to me? Well, you need to be grateful. You're alive. If you're alive, you're going to have some of that happen in life, throughout life. Here's Here's our response. We need to worship God. We need to thank God for the promise of God, put our focus on the promises and not the problems. Amen? Amen. And, and I'm telling you, uh, it doesn't matter what the naysayers say. It, all that matters is what God says. I remember, I remember years ago, if you're around here, you probably know our story, some of our story. And years ago, there's just a number of different things that happened. Lost a lot of people. Uh, and just, uh, just a bunch of issues happened. And, and I, I remember, uh, one, of, one of the things that, that I, I would read is, is uh, statistics would say that we would never make it as a church. We, it was just never going to happen. Uh, matter of fact, there was a local pastor, a very well-known local pastor, uh, mega church in town. 
uh, I, I became friends with him. He even, he even told me, he says, you're not going to make it. And one, you just don't tell me that. <laughs> just don't tell me that, okay? Uh, Rachel Moreno, that she, her and I were talking. She said, don't tell me that. I, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm just going to prove you wrong. And so, so anyway, so there's a lot of opposition. And, and they, get this. At times, even my own mind started telling me that. Even my own reasoning. You know that you can reason yourself out of the will of God? That's why you've got to bring those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. That's why you've got to renew your mind regularly, consistently. Because if you don't, you'll talk yourself right out of the will of God. And that's why you've got to worship too. Because when you get in the presence of God, the presence of God, God begins to speak to you. He begins to encourage you in your faith. Guess what he speaks to you? He speaks his word to you. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So he strengthens your faith for you to go forward and accomplish everything that God wants you to accomplish. He does that by the power of his Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God that when Jesus ascended, that he didn't leave us comfortless without a helper. He sent the Holy Spirit to come and abide and reside in us, to walk with us daily, regardless of what we're going through. Why? Because he knew that we would need to be encouraged. Look at, look at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says this, it says, May the God of all hope, or the, may the God of hope fill fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Get this, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we begin to get in God's presence and start worshiping God, where, where God is able to just influence our life and manifest itself in our life, guess what he does? He fills us with all hope. When you, against all hope, he fills us with hope. Amen? And that's, that's the God that we serve. That's one of the impacts of the, of the prayer of worship in our life. Let me give you the third area in our life, and that's focus. The, 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 the prayer of worship will impact our focus. God will, he will, he will cause us to be focused in on his purpose and what he has for us and what he wants to do in our life. I'm telling you, you get away from God, you get away from worship, you get away from the presence of God, guess what? Your focus gets blurred. You begin to be distracted, you begin to be divided in your focus. You'll start seeing what God wants and then you'll start seeing other things. But the closer you get to God, the more focused you are on what God has for you in your life. Amen? Now... Uh, let me give you a, a scripture here in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. It says, as, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Now, if you look in some translations where it says, as they ministered to the Lord, it says, as they worshiped the Lord. As they worshiped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. And, and by, that word, by the way, that word fast is not a cuss word. It's okay to fast periodically. Now, the first of, of the year in January, we do 21 days of prayer coupled with fasting. And, and we encourage people to find some level of fasting in January. I'm telling you now so that you have 
you have uh, months to get ready, okay? <laughs> get your heart ready, get your mind ready. We're going to fast in January. We're going to fast in January, so okay? All right, I'm, so that's why I'm telling you that. But as they worshiped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now notice here, as they were worshiping, as they had set time aside and, and the distractions aside, as they, as they were just worshiping and honoring God, the Holy Spirit began to speak. And they got focused in on what he wanted. And this is what he said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. In the presence of God, you get focus, you get direction. I remember uh, some of you that have been around, you've heard this story, but I remember we were in Houston, Texas at a conference up there worshiping in this worship conference or this conference and it was during a worship session there and I was just minding my own business just loving God just worshiping him and just some kind of what we were doing this morning just loving God and and I remember in the middle of doing that I just I just had God just show up and you know what he said he said give me your son give me your son I think my son was around 12 or I think 12 years old then Give me your son. And it's like, what do you mean, God? Give me your son. Give him to me. Put him in my hands. And I remember, okay, Lord, I'm going to give my son to you. And as I did, I began to worship. I mean, I began to weep. I mean, almost uncontrollably. Just weeping, just weeping. Because I knew that no longer was he mine. Uh, No longer was he in my hands but he was in God's hands and I just wept not because of sadness but I wept because I knew that he was in better hands amen Amen. Amen. he was in better hands now I had dedicated my son before but evidently I didn't really turn him loose to the Lord before (laughs) I was still holding on to him pretty tightly I guess but uh, unbeknown to me uh, my son got on this track that I felt like the Lord led him in on and that was to go to several through on several mission trips he went to mexico and guatemala and haiti and went a couple years to uh back to back uh, to india for a couple of months each time uh of which one time when he went to india he uh got staph infection and got pretty ill and and you know during all his travels and going all over i never worried one time not one time did I think about it. It's like, Lord, he's yours. He's yours. He's no longer mine. He's yours. And God continued to remind me of that. At the age of 17, my son came to me and he says, he says, Dad, he says, I feel like I'm supposed to go to Bible college. I want to go to Tulsa. I want to go to Bible college. I'm so, gl- I'm so glad, so glad that, that he was the Lord's because I think if he was still in my hands, I would have told him to wait. But I, instead, I said, okay, go on. And I'm so glad because he met my lovely, lovely daughter-in-law. Amen. And the day after graduation, they got married. It's the craziest, craziest thing. And thank God they finally, after years of being married, they gave us grandchildren. Amen. Amen. And, and so, so I knew it was God. Amen. But he helped me to get focused. And when we get in the presence of God, he helps us to get focused on his purpose in our life. I'm going to tell you what happens when we're not 
in God's presence, we become more focused in on our problems than our purpose. And your purpose and my purpose has to be bigger than our problems. Because if your purpose is bigger than your problems, your problems are not your problem. Because you know why you're here on this earth. We're here to glorify God. We're here to, we're here to make God known here on this earth. Amen? Amen. And you're, let me just say this also. That if you're not focused in on, the, on, the, on God and his purpose for your life, then you're going to be focused in on the pleasures of life. And the pleasures of life, the Bible says, it will cause the word of God to become unfruitful in our life. Uh, Mark chapter 4. And so our, our purpose has to be bigger than our pleasures. Amen? Amen. And how, how do we stay focused? I believe just like Abraham stayed focused, is he, he gave glory unto God. And so must we. Amen? All right. Message Bible. Guess what? It brings about blessing in our life. Message Bible, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says this. It says, if my people can't see what God is doing... They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what is revealed, they are most blessed. I like that out of the Message Bible. Some of you know it as, uh, my people perish without, uh, well, I mean, uh, without a vision, my people perish. And so, anyway, I just like the message. It's, it's good. Not that I don't like the other translations. That's, that's the second, second area that's impacting in our life. Let me give you the third area. Fourth area. Fourth area. Fourth area. Fourth, my grandson, granddaughter, helping me count. Okay, they they do better than me. The fourth area that will be impacted is your freedom. Your freedom. Your freedom. When you get in God's presence, God will liberate you. Jesus came to set the captives free. Anytime you anytime you see in Scripture where Jesus showed up. There was freedom that was brought. Freedom from sickness, freedom from sin, freedom from whatever it was, demonic uh, attacks. Jesus showed up. Freedom followed. Right? Amen. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 says, The Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, Acts chapter 16, I don't have time to read it, but you remember this. Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. Uh, because uh, they cast out a demon in this woman. And uh, this demon was being used to, to profit her masters. And they didn't like it. So they threw Paul and Silas in jail. And they not only beat them, but they threw them in the inner part of the prison. And then uh, shackled them. And, and, uh, and, and the Bible says at the midnight hour. Ooh, I love it. Verse, 20, verse 25, it says at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Listen, we need to be unashamed, amen, of praising God. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. We need to praise God, worship God until the foundations are shaken. It says, and immediately the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. I remember the first time I experienced God, God's freedom in my life. First of all, was in September uh, 21st of 1986. And that was when I received Jesus Christ as Lord in my life. 
He set me free from my sin. I remember the freedom that I felt and, 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 and him coming into my life. And I just wept and, and just my heart was melted and this hard heart was made flesh. I could love like I'd never loved before. I experienced peace like I had never experienced peace before. On that day, five days later, there was a pastor and, and my brother that came from a neighboring city a couple hours away. They came and they came to minister to me and, because they knew I was an alcoholic and I had been doing a coke at that time. I had been drugs. I had done drugs for years and years. I would sold drugs, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, long story short, they came to me and they said, God wants you free. I tried to get free on my own. I tried to be uh, 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 free of alcohol, especially. That's what really gripped me, is I, I just couldn't get free of it. I remember as an adult just crying and weeping as, a, and as an adult because it had such a grip on me, and I knew it did, and I knew I was going to see an early grave if I didn't. My eyes had already turned, started to turn yellow. I drank so much, and my liver was being infected or impacted in, in a negative way. And, and so, you know, it, it, was, just, it was just nasty. And uh, they came to me and they said, God wanted to liberate me. They said, listen, you need the power of God in your life. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, what is that? And they pointed out in the Bible and I said, if, if God says I need it, I need it. I want it, man. Give it to me. And they said, well, let's, let's just start worshiping God. Let's just start worshiping God. We started to worship God. And, and then they prayed over me, laid hands on me, and man, instantly, I got filled with the Spirit. Instantly. I, I had walked in, walked in like I did every day. I walked in with a couple of cases of Budweiser and walked through the door, had a cigarette in my mouth, and, and walked through the door. They were already at my house, and I was drinking and drinking like I did. I, I didn't know any different. I had been like this for years and years and years. And after I got filled with the Spirit, I remember going to the refrigerator and I started mother was there I started, she wasn't even a believer yet but uh, I went over there and I started popping those those lids on that beer and I started pouring them in the sink and just throwing them in the trash throwing those empty cans in the trash I remember my mind man you know what you're doing you know you, you, are you sure but I'm telling you the presence of God was so rich so powerful it's like I know that I know you know in your knower I just know in my, in my knower that I know I, that even though my mind was wanting to contradict what God had done in my knower, I knew that I was set free. I was liberated. And I emptied every one of those beers. I took my cigarettes, I squished them, threw them in the trash, and I have never, and quit doing, I, I quit doing cocaine, quit doing all kinds of drugs. I have never one time desired any of that. Not one time. Amen? Not one time. Not one time. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I have good news for you today. Good news is maybe you're here and you're bound by something in your past. God wants to free you. Here in a little bit, we're going to have a prayer team up here. If you need prayer for anything, anything, small or big, it may not be an addiction. Maybe it's some unforgiveness. You're bound to unforgiveness. Maybe you're bound to something else. I'm telling you that God wants to set you free today. Today, he wants to set you free. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to also encourage you to come and be with us in our worship and prayer services on Saturday at 9 o'clock. Let's pray.